and it looks like we're live. My, <laughs> I clicked go live and my computer sat there for about, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds. So that was a little concerning. Hopefully nothing happens with the stream, but let's get into the, that was an awesome game. I like, not only was it awesome because the Jazz beat the Celtics, it wasn't like a dominating victory, but it was definitely like, it didn't go down, didn't come down to the wire either. So happy about the win. Celtics are a great team, and I I fully expect them to look really great in the second half of the season. So that was exciting. The other exciting thing for me, if like if you watch my streams, you kind of know that I really like digging into the stats, trying to figure out why one team won. And this one is a really interesting one uh, because typically, so some trends that we saw with the jet, like with the Jazz so far, is even though they win, they tend to have more turnovers. And I don't know if that's just, uh, like, I'm still trying to figure out what that is. And that happened again this game. But normally, the Jazz have more turnovers than their opponent. They still win. And they win because they normally shoot, like, 10 or more shots than their opponent still. And um, and that's incredible that the Jazz, like, the Jazz defense is so good that it can it can get that many more shots off on offense and without like forcing turnovers, which means their defense is just shutting down shots, forcing misses, which is awesome. But this game is really weird because if you look at the team stats, like, so the Celtics shot 98 and made four, they were 48 for 98, which is 49%. That's a good, that's a good shooting night. And they got almost a hundred shots, which is pretty on par for today's NBA. The Jazz only had 80 shots, and they made 38. So they shot 18 less shots than the Celtics, made 10 less, and they still beat them not quite by double digits. Um, the shooting percentage was a little bit worse. They made nine threes, which helps. That's that's if you uh, that's well nine more threes than the Celtics. So that's an extra nine points that doesn't make up for the 20 points left with the shots but the weird thing is when you look at the free throws the Celtics only shot four three free throws they made three for four so cool the Jazz shot 24 free throws that's a tongue twister right there and they made 22 which is excellent 91.7 percent from the line uh and so when you see one team make I, I maybe I'm digging more into this and if, if you guys get bored by me digging into stats let me know and and Maybe I'll spend less time on this, but I think it's interesting because normally when a team shoots a lot more free throws, that means they were fouled a lot more, and that's typically... uh, So in this case, when I saw that, I assumed the Celtics were just a little sloppier on defense, or maybe that was their strategy to to foul them instead of giving them three-pointers. I don't know. I think that'd be a silly strategy because the Jazz are a pretty good free-throw shooting team, unless they were just like hack-a-go-bear kind of strategy. But when you look at the fouls, both teams had 18 fouls. So, and the Celtics had a technical and a flagrant, but that doesn't add up to many free throws. So, I don't know. Let me know what you think in the comments. Uh, Like, was it a strategy by the Celtics just foul when the Jazz were shooting? I think that would be a ridiculous strategy. But Or was it just the Celtics were, were being really dumb and they were they used their fouls when the Jazz were shooting? Were the Jazz just smart and like when they could tell they were about to be fouled, they went for a shot? 
I don't know. I didn't see anything like weird going on, but when you look at the stats, that's really weird. So I don't know. I like watching the game though. It was fun. I feel like the Jazz really like the Jazz made the Celtics look like a not great defensive team, especially like at times like the Celtics were fine, especially like after looking at the stats, the Jazz didn't shoot a ton of field goals, but there were stretches where the Jazz just like they looked like they were it was easy to score and on defense when the jazz defense could get set up and they could uh, like like actually get set up play the half court game they made it tough on the celtics it, it was kind of um from what i saw it was the fast break that at least towards the end that made it tough looking at the stats fast break made, like wasn't even that big of a deal the celtics only scored 8 points there so um great like I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like this game was also weird for me because my eye test of what I was seeing is a lot different from um what I'm seeing on the on the stats. So let me know if my eye test was just off. Um I'll hop into the box score real quick. I thought the team stats was really interesting this game just because of the amount of free throws, the amount of less shots the Jazz shot and made than the Celtics, and they still won. Um but I'll just sum up the box score real quick. Rudy Gobert gave us a 16-12. and 12. Overall, it was a really good team effort by the Jazz. We had six people in double digits. Um, Mitchell was our highest score with 21, so they did a good job of just spreading the wealth. And the Celtics, um, it was it was the Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum show, which is really what the Celtics should lead into. I know this is a Jazz channel, but I kind of want to spend a couple seconds thinking like talking since the trade deadlines up there's been a lot of talks about the Celtics making a trade uh picking up some some free agents if there's anyone uh, with a buyout deal so I want to spend a couple seconds on that while I talk and I know I spent like five seconds on the box score but I didn't think it was exciting like the team stats of this game so I'll talk about the Celtics um if you don't like me talking about the Celtics just fill up the chat with Stuff that you want me to talk about the Jazz, I'll cut the Celtics talk short, and then I can hop into the chat and, and uh, get that discussion going. And I think my Wi-Fi is acting weird because my page is acting unresponsive. So any, I apologize if that hurts the stream. I hope it doesn't. But with the Celtics, a lot of people are like, for a couple of years now, people have been talking about how the Celtics need a big, and. Watching tonight's game, I think that's probably true. Uh, like, I re- I'm a fan of Daniel Thice. I think he does a great job, but obviously he's kind of undersized. Um, and I feel like he would play a awesome role for the Celtics, either playing some, some power forward minutes or coming off the bench playing five and, like, giving that boost of energy. And if the, the Celtics could find a big man to start over Daniel Thice, uh, I think that would be really helpful for them. So that's kind of the talks and I don't have anything specific. Like I I didn't come prepared for this. I don't want to spend a ton of time on the Celtics, but like, look, the Celtics are set up, um, hearing some of the trade rumors. I just want to like ask you guys, do you think I'd be crazy if I said that the Celtics should like make a big blockbuster trade using Kimba Walker to try to get, um, some sort of star, big man on their team um and I, I i like looking at the big men on the market i don't know if it, if that would make sense 
maybe they could go for someone like Vucevic and then but they'd also probably want some draft capital if they're giving up someone like Kemba but thinking about it I think that would work really well for the Celtics because so for starters I mentioned Thice would be an awesome starting four or he would be an awesome backup five uh, getting good minutes off the bench for them I think that would be the role that he thrives in I Kemba Walker he's been like good not great uh, both this season and last season, and I don't think he's been living up to his contract. And the Celtics have two, or they have they played three backup point guards in this game. They have two point guards that I think could play starting minutes, uh, mainly Marcus Smart, but I like Jeff has started in the past. So the Celt, and then they have they have six point guards off the bench. That's a lot of point guards. So I think if they could find a way to get rid of Kemba Walker for some sort of star big man, start that big man, bring in Marcus Smart to start. And I think that would work well because Marcus Smart comes in, he hits a few shots, and he plays great defense. And you don't need, for the Celtics, they don't need a point guard to score all their points because they have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And then whatever star big man they bring in as well. So... In my opinion, like, maybe Celtics fans would hate me for thinking this, or I don't know, maybe you guys think I'm crazy for thinking the Celtics should trade Kemba. But if they could find a good trade for an all-star quality big man, maybe not in, like an actual all-star, but who could play that quality of basketball, I think that would be a trade that would make sense for the Celtics. Um, I don't think they'll trade it. I don't think that's their style. But... If we lived in an NBA 2K world where you could you just make trades and it doesn't really impact much except for like you don't have to really worry about all like them actually being people because they're just graphics, then that's the trade I would make. Um, so cool. <laughs> Those are my thoughts on the Celtics. Uh, I'll I'll the chat's a little dead right now. I'll hop in. We can get going on that. But yeah, like overall. Like, don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel if you're a jazz fan, leave any thoughts you have in the live chat. It'll be, uh, the, the more you chat, the more fun this is. But also just real quick about the game, great win for the jazz. Um, I've, I feel like after that loss to the Warriors, there's uh, like some people had question marks about where the jazz were. Um, obviously that was one loss, but one loss when you're the Jazz, like they don't lose very often, especially this season. So it, it raised some questions. I think this was a really good win coming and beating a quality team. And especially the next few games aren't going to be terribly difficult. So I'm expecting the Jazz to get another uh, decent winning streak. And if it's not like a long winning streak, at least um, winning like 70% plus of their games uh, for the next few so I'm excited to see where that goes. I'll hop into the chat now. Uh, so Blue Diamond Gem says the Celtics are good at beating bad teams. Like, that might be true. I'm honestly, I did say earlier in the season that I like I was a fan of the Celtics. I thought that they that they would go deep in the playoffs, and I said that even though I don't follow them very closely. So that might be true. Especially like you've seen them in big game scenarios. I don't know, kind of fall apart. I'm I am a big fan of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think they're they're really good players. Um, obviously, like 
they have other good players around them, but their bench looks kind of weak. So I, I wonder what the Celtics are going to do around those pieces because I don't know about you guys. I think that but the core of those two players, putting the right pieces around them could turn into something good. Uh, but with how, how those pieces around them have been playing, I don't know if that'll be something. So um, that's probably true this season. Uh, and and maybe that was just something obvious that I hadn't been hadn't been following along with um so what and then chan says what a what a defensively brilliant game i had so much fun with this one this was like i it was a fun one the celtics are i feel like it's always a fun game against the celtics uh i'm sure there's like 10 20 different reasons why that is but this one especially because the jazz were coming off a loss that a game that they probably could have won. They just, I don't know, they kind of fell apart a little bit. And then they came in this one, played excellently. Uh, like Chan said, defensive, like like great defense for the Jazz. I said that the Celtics defense was kind of like, from what my kind of eye test, it looked kind of weak. But they are a defensively good team, so maybe I was just not looking for their good defensive plays. Uh but especially the Jazz looked great. Um, I don't know. I agree. It was a fun game. Sawyer, yeah, we needed the stub. I agree. E- even though, like, I guess before the All-Star break, it was kind of rough. Um, and the, the good news for the Jazz is kind of rough. Is like, it's not even that bad of a losing, losing streak. Uh, like, they did lose, was it three of their last four right before the All-Star break? But... Um. Yeah, so that was rough, and then we came and like split our first two games. We got this one, but the good news is, the schedule is looking a little easier. So, let me pull up the schedule real quick if my internet lets me. I f- I, I swear my internet is really fast, except for when I'm trying to stream and then tries to die on me. So, <laughs> Ho- hopefully that works. Hopefully it works for you guys. Um, yeah, hopefully my voice doesn't sound weird or or anything like that. And ESPN is acting slow, so I'll talk until it pulls up. Um, Sorry says, yeah, the Celtics would be top three if they had defense. That's a like, that's an interesting conversation to bring up because they do have really good defensive pieces. Uh, Jason Tatum's a good, def- like, I, like, a, I'd probably, like, he's a really good defender. Marcus Smart, I'm bumping the table, sorry, is, is like an elite defender when he's, when he's playing at his best. Kemba is fine. I wouldn't say he's like a negative on defense, but it's not like he's, he's always the best. I'd say probably similar with Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown can turn it up. Uh, um, I feel like some, I, I don't know. I, I feel I'm a little torn in his defense, but. So they have good pieces. Maybe it's just a big that they're missing. Um, like, uh, yeah, imagine the Celtics if they had Rudy Gobert. That would be a scary team. So they have, like like I said, they have the talent. They're just kind of missing the pieces. The good news is the Jazz have Rudy Gobert. The Jazz have the talent, but the Jazz are not missing the pieces. So, yeah. And... <laughs> Um, I, I tried to pull up the jazz schedule on ESPN to go over that, but it pulled me to the, 
the game cast for the Hornets game. So maybe I'll ditch on ESPN. Uh, Chan says, yeah, four, four of six as far as I remember. And I'm, I, that's referring to the, the record before the all-star break, which is crazy. If you think about it, like four of six, it like losing four of six is bad for, for any team, especially teams that are like any team trying to make the playoffs, especially a team who's at the top of the conference. Um, but like, if you look at that, if they lost four of their last six right before the all-star game or, or maybe around this time, I, I don't know what that number is from, but four of six and, and any stretch, the Jazz have only lost 10 games overall the entire season. They're at 29 and 10, I believe after this game. So if they had just, I don't know, like that's still a really good record, even with a bad stretch right there. So that kind of shows how amazing the Jazz were before that, that kind of rough stretch. Um, I don't know what what do you guys think about what I've been talking about have have I just been boring I maybe I spent too much time on the Celtics I I think the Celtics team is fascinating because they have a lot of talent and here I am spending more time on the Celtics but uh what do you guys think overall like we could talk about the Celtics more if you want to or um on Saturday if you watch that episode Nate and I kind of talked about what we thought the Jazz might need if there's any extra signings or like smaller trades that the Jazz might need to, to kind of solidify them as a as a championship roster before all those deadlines come up. So uh, obviously they picked up er, um, Ilyasova in the break. So is there anyone that you guys think the Jazz should be going after? I think in the comments of that video we were uh, I saw a couple people talk about uh, was it Otto Porter Jr. and he's on the Bulls now I think and so. There's been buyout talks. If it's a trade, the Jazz aren't going to get him. But it would be really interesting since there are a lot of players that might get bought out. Uh, since the Jazz are not a destination most free agents go to. And typically they don't get the buyout players. But since they're playing really good right now, it would be interesting to see if the Jazz can pick someone up. Uh, even if it's just like a piece that they don't need, that just might be a little bit of an extra boost like like someone like a LaMarcus Aldridge I don't know if I'd love that signing but I feel like if they could get him on just for the rest of the season he wouldn't hurt the Jazz I don't know what do you guys think uh, I'll pull up the schedule real quick um, so I can talk about that as you guys think and type out in the comments uh, chances um, what do you think about everyone wanting to trade Bogey. I think he's he's in a slump at the moment and shouldn't really do anything. But what is your take? Um obviously like with any trade scenario if you can get the right trade together, do it. Even if that's like like I love Bogey. I think he's in I think he fits into the Jazz perfectly. If you could get an upgrade to him, um that doesn't hurt the Jazz long term. Then I like I feel like the the Jazz are an interesting scenario because I feel like there's so many players that are really close to untradeable. But if you kind of open up and say, what if you got the right deal for Conley? What if you got the right deal for Bogey? Um, like like those kind of things. I feel like it would be really tough to trade. Well, any player who gets regular minutes, 
Um, but I would say you definitely can't trade Clarkson, Mitchell, or Gobert, even if it's like for a crazy good deal at this point. Um, so my thoughts are, I, I guess I kind of said like if you get the right deal, but the chances of the Jazz getting a good deal for Bogey at this point is really low. I feel like a lot of people around the league are undervaluing him, and I can't, like, I could dig into it, but I can't think of anyone that would that would be a potential trade option that would fit into the Jazz system right now better than Bogey does. Um, and even Bogey in a slump, like, there's enough other pieces that, I, I don't know, I don't like the idea of trading him. If you could find someone who... I don't know who can fill that position of just hitting open threes, but then could play defense better than him. Maybe I could look at something like that, but I would say a trade for him right now would be premature unless you can get like an obviously an obvious yes deal. Um, That was a really long answer for, no, I don't think you should trade him unless you get something ridiculous. Okay. So I was talking a little bit before about how the schedule kind of gets easier and if you watch the Saturday episode, Nate and I, we kind of went over this, but the schedule is, for the most part, is um, a mix of, like, it, well, it's mainly just, like, okay teams that the Jazz are definitely better than, but have enough talent that, uh, like, we wouldn't be shocked if they beat the Jazz. And there's a couple, like, bad teams thrown in there, and there's a couple good teams thrown in there for the next, I don't know, lots of games. Like, I don't know how many is this? Two, four, six, eight, like 11 games. That's kind of, and and even further until until we get two games against the Lakers um, in like the middle of April. So even though the Jazz have had a rough stretch, like they're playing the Wizards, Raptors, Bulls, Nets, Grizzlies, Grizzlies, Cavs. And like the Nets is obviously going to be a tough one. I think the Jazz can win. Other than that, like, the Jazz should beat the Wizards unless the Wizards just go off. They should beat the Raptors, but the Raptors have some pieces, so, like, wouldn't be shocked if they lost. Should beat the Bulls. Nets is a toss-up. Should beat the Grizzlies, Cavaliers, Grizzlies, Bulls, Magic. So, even with this rough stretch, the Jazz are going to figure it out. They have the right opponents to, like, get through any any stuff that they're struggling with as a team obviously a lot of the losses both the players and the fans have kind of been frustrated with the um, officiating so hopefully that doesn't continue but we'll see as that goes uh, going back to the Bojan trade uh, rumors uh, Chan's response says um, he says agreed but I don't think we should trade him at all to be honest yeah I've and, like, when I say, like, unless there's an obviously yes, like, an obvious yes, if you could trade Bojan for, like, someone who was a fringe all-star this year is kind of what I'd be thinking. Um, I I can't think of someone specific. Um, I don't know. I just like how the lineup sets up. What if? But, like, if you could get, um, I don't know. I can't think of anyone specific, but... Like, honestly, with how well he fits in, I would be really picky about who they'd get. They'd have to either be really talented 
or fit that exact type of player that Bojan is just better. And there's not many players like that. Um, But yeah, like great game against the Celtics. I feel like I've been rambling on. Chat has been a little slow, but that's fine. Great win against the Celtics. I thought it was interesting. Maybe you thought it was boring how I like the, the digging into the team stats and free throws and stuff. But I thought like both, like if you, didn't get the chance to watch the game at least go watch the highlights it was a it was a very entertaining game jazz played great jazz got to the free throw line a lot uh good win against the celtics i think that sets a uh, sets us up for success as i mentioned the next few games like the next 10 plus games are going to be like mostly games that the jazz should be able to win so i'm excited to see the winning keep up um as barring any major injuries, like it's getting closer and closer to the point where um, I feel like the Jazz are starting to create some space between the first and second that it's going to start being tougher and tougher for teams to like catch the Jazz, and it, it it's starting to look like that that the Jazz might uh, start becoming more and more the favorite to keep that and and eventually get that lock. Um, real quick before I close. Uh, Chan had another comment, so I'll, I'll address that and then I'll wrap up. But he said Rudy was shooting really well at the free throw too. Things you truly love to see. I know that's that's awesome because the Jazz, other than Rudy and Favors and maybe like a handful of other players that don't really get minutes, the Jazz are a really good free throw shooting team. So when they get to the line this much, and then Rudy shoots several, and you also and then he makes them like. That's just another, like, nail in the coffin, right? Trying to, like, it makes it really tough to beat the Jazz. So, like I said, great win. I'm really happy. I'm optimistic about the future. It's been a rough few games before this, but I I, I don't think that's that's a reason why we um, shouldn't, like, like our, our expectations shouldn't be less because of that stretch of games. But everyone, thanks for joining me for the stream. It was fun. Great win. Um, if you haven't liked it, like it that way, when I end the stream, people can find it, um, easier after and, and enjoy this. And maybe they can come when we're live next time and, and keep the chat going. And if you're a jazz fan, you need to subscribe to this channel. I'm guessing most of you, like we don't have a ton of people on right now, but so I'm guessing you are a jazz fan or you're subscribed already, but, um, yeah, we talk everything jazz here. So it's a great place to be if you're a jazz fan. Thanks again for joining me and have a good night.